Amen. Hey, as you can see, we are in a brand new study. It's called what? Freemasonry. Now, if I were to give uh, uh, the title for this study, uh, I would do it something like this. Freemasonry is not for Christians. Hello. And I wanted to deal with this. It's kind of a shot across the bow a little bit. But I thought, you know, if ever this is the only study you could ever watch, and if uh, this is the only one for an online community to ever watch, who knows if it's going to ever make it to YouTube, whatever. Uh, but you would just, at least with this one study, it would be loud and clear, demonstrated to you, do not get involved in this. This is not Christian. This is straight from the pits of hell. And you're going to see that tonight. Freemasonry is not for Christians. Not to mess with, not to flirt with, not to be a part of. All right, let's close in prayer. Now let's get on uh, to where we're at. Hey, and we've already been seeing in our studies, we've already dealt with 20 weeks on witchcraft. Who's counting? I am. Okay, apparently so. And then we followed that out in our cult studies, uh, 16 weeks on Satanism. Okay, dealing with that aspect, okay, as well. And then we just finished 30 weeks on what? That's right, voodoo, vampires, and the rise of demon worship. And we dealt with the whole history of this, spiritualism and things of that nature as well. And then we got into, that's right, voodoo. Then we got into shamanism. Then we got into druidism. We finished up, if you guys recall, with vampirism, even that has been spreading across the planet. So now we're going to start tonight with another, frankly, satanic demonic practice. It is, okay, and that is Freemasonry. Freemasonry is straight out of the pits of hell. Okay, you're going to see that. Another, another slice, and again, as we've seen before, what's Satan do? He comes up with as many different ways, methodologies, to do people to take the wrong path because there's only one path to heaven, and this is another one. This is another false path out there, just like all of the other ones, okay? And you're looking at Freemasonry, and you might be thinking about Hollywood and things of that nature, and you go, Freemasonry? Okay, you're one of those guys. Speaking of uh, triangles and pyramids, you're one of those tinfoil hat guys. Freemasonry, secret society. There's no such thing. That's just a conspiracy. Theory. Even the secular media admits this thing is real, it's really a secret society, and they really do some freaky stuff. Okay, let's take a look at that real quick. It's the world's most well known secret society. Rich with symbols and ritual, it's a source of legends, parodies. Who controls the British crown? Who keeps the metric system down? We conspiracy theories because so much organized crime uses the masonic secret system and the good old boy network to be able to get away with murder and i mean murder welcome to the world of freemasonry freemasons laid the cornerstone of america well at least some of its most iconic structures so what is freemasonry simply put it's the world's oldest and largest fraternity if you want to be a Mason, you can petition a local lodge for membership. You'll need to demonstrate good character and belief in some sort of supreme being. Oh, and in almost all lodges, it's men only. Next, you're up for a vote, explains former New York State Grandmaster James Sullivan. The lodge votes to accept you, and then you have the three degrees that you go through. Once you earn the third degree, and yes, that's where the phrase comes from, you can join any number of Masonic offshoots. Take Brent Morris. He's a 33rd degree Mason and a historian at the House of the Temple for the Supreme Council of the Scottish Rite of the Southern Jurisdiction. You know, it's that big building in Washington, D.C. This isn't like the Masonic Vatican, but it's a 
it's an important building. It's an important building. I'm absolutely right. It's, it's one branch of Freemasonry in the United States, and that's our headquarters building. Inside, the Temple Lodge room is a stunner. And downstairs, there's this. This is uh, the flag that Bose Aldrin took to the uh, moon with him. This flag, Supreme Council 33 Southern Jurisdiction, That's went, to, went the to the moon. Wow. Now, if tiny hats and small cars are your thing, then there are the party animals of Freemasonry, the Shriners. You may know them better for their 22 children's hospitals, where patients don't have to pay a cent. The Masons are philanthropic. And then there are members like those in Colonial Lodge Number 1821 of Washington, D.C. Most of them are in their 20s, and some attracted to Freemasonry by Dan Brown novels and movies like National Treasure. They formed a new brotherhood called the Freemasons in honor of the builders of the Great Temple. Who here was sort of drawn by the mystery? I mean, I'll confess part of it. Yeah, I think it's a combination of history... Uh, tradition and, yeah. and mystery as well. You know there's ritual, but you don't know what it is. Exactly. Yeah. And that, How can you not be? That's alluring. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. the reason people joined Freemasonry and not the Rotarians. So what about those secrets? What would happen if I found out the secret handshake and I weren't a Mason? Because you wouldn't have to kill me? The secrets of a Mason represent my integrity as a man. I took a promise that I would not tell you what the secrets of a Mason are. Also a big secret, the meetings. No non-Masons or cameras are allowed, but St. John's Lodge No. 1 of New York City agreed to give us a glimpse of one. For meetings, Masons dress up in their Sunday best and, just like the original stonecutters, wear aprons. At the center of any lodge room is an altar. And all the activities of the lodge take place about the altar. And then there are the ceremonies. Each one teaches a moral lesson related to the legend of one Hiram Abiff, the architect of King Solomon's temple. They can be a little unusual, as pointed out in this recruitment video. Even while blindfolded, try to concentrate on what you are asked, what is said to you, and what is happening around you. Everything will be explained to you in later sections of the degree. When a candidate comes in through the door, he's blindfolded because symbolically he is in a state of darkness, because masonry is all about moving from darkness into Masonic light. That it's about being unenlightened and then enlightened? That's right. As for what happens after that, well, that's a secret. It's membership a who's who of world history. George Washington, Benjamin Franklin, Winston Churchill, Mozart, Davy Crockett, Franklin Roosevelt, Harry Houdini, Gerald Ford, Henry Ford, John Wayne, even Colonel Sanders. Yeah, this just writes itself, people. Deal with it. I didn't make that up. Let's just close in prayer. That's the big point for today. Yeah, and I hope nobody starts working at a chicken joint recently. Yeah, let's just move on. But anyway, can you believe that? Colonel Sanders is Freemason. That proves my whole point, okay? But seriously, the whole organization Freemason, you saw even the secular media, this is not a conspiracy theory, right? This is not hyperbole. It's all about what? It's all about secrets, hidden handshakes, secret meetings, hidden messages. Oh, did you see the apron that was being wear? Does anybody else wear the secret underwear? And, yeah, Mormonism. Hidden messages, secret oath under the penalty of death. And so, yeah, that's, that's something Christians should do. Be a part of? Are you kidding me? 
right? Absolutely not. It's the polar opposite. The core of Freemasonry, this whole secret, keep it to yourself, rituals, allegiance to somebody, that, that is contrary to what Jesus said that we are called to do as Christians. Open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10, Jesus is going to tell us what do we do with his truth, right? You just hide it under a bushel, keep it to yourself, go through some secret rituals, blood oaths and all that. Absolutely not. Matthew chapter 10, 24 through 28 is our opening text. And of course, Matthew was written by you biblical scholars. You guys are amazing. It's amazing, right? Matthew chapter 10, verse 24 is where we're going to start. Uh, when you get there, say moo. That almost kind of cleanses that Colonel Sanders thing that we just saw, doesn't it? At least it does for me. I'm stalling time. That's why I'm doing this. That's right, because you can't have dead air. Matthew chapter 10, verse 24. Jesus speaking, by the way, he says this. A student is what? Not above his teacher. Who's the teacher? Capital T, Jesus. Who's the student? That's us. Nor a servant above his master. It is enough for the student to be like his teacher and the servant like his master. If the head of the house has been called Beelzebub, another word for Satan, uh, did they accuse Jesus of doing things with demonic power? Yeah, yeah they did. Said that that's how where he's getting his power from uh, to heal people was from Satan, whatever. And so if they did that to Jesus, what's he say? How much more what? The members of his household. You know what? If everybody likes you, I'm not saying you got to be cantankerous. And uh, uh, troublemaker wherever you go as a Christian. But man, if everybody likes you and nobody ever gets upset with what you share, then something ain't right. Because when you share the truth, not everybody likes it. They're going to accuse you of being the bad guy. That sound like anything today? Sounds like our world today. But he says, hey, listen, they did it to him. They're what? They're going to do it to us if you proclaim the truth. And not only that, he says, so what? Do not be afraid of them. There is, here it is, nothing concealed that will not be disclosed or hidden that will what not be made known what i jesus tells us what do we do with it we go through this ritual we hide behind closed doors nobody will ever know but our secret members now what's he say what i tell you in the dark you what you speak in the daylight what i what is whispered in your ear you what proclaim from the roofs hello do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul rather be afraid of the one i.e god who can destroy both body and soul in Hell. Hell is literal. Jesus talked about it more than heaven because it's real and he really doesn't want people to go there. But here's what we see, Christians. What do we do with what we learn from Jesus? What do we do with all these truths that he gives us? He is the way, the truth, and the life. What do we do with it? Do we hide it under a bushel? Do we keep it a secret? Do we keep it to ourselves? Do we conceal it? Do we hide it? What do we do? No, we share it everywhere to as many people as we possibly can. We, we proclaim it from the rooftops. God's truth is not to be meant to keep a secret. And we're not called to be secret agent Christians, by the way. You've ever run across one of those? You just don't want people to find out that you're a Christian for some reason at work. But you feel convicted at lunch because you know you need to pray for your meal because you don't want to get worms. (laughs) So you do what? You're the secret agent Christian prayer. Look here. You look there. Jesus, hey, man. That's not how we're supposed to live. As Christians, we're not to be doing this in secret. There is no secret agent Christian. Give me a break, right? But we are to proclaim it from the uh, rooftops. What we learn here when there are our own Bible studies, and that we, we proclaim from the rooftops. We don't do secret handshakes. We don't have secret meetings. We don't have hidden messages. We don't do secret oaks. And then if you don't do what I say, the penalty of death. Now, there is a phrase in the Bible that says lay hands on people, but that's not what it's talking about. Okay, but these guys, literally, as you're going to see, it's under penalty of death. A horrible death, by the way. 
Okay, that is the polar opposite of the core of the teachings and activity, the beliefs and behavior of Freemasonry. It's all about secrets. It's all about secret handshakes. It's all about these bloody oaths and you can't reveal. It's exact polar opposite. Okay, and by the way, our allegiance is only to who? To God, not to some lodge, not to some grandmasters, not to some uh, fraternity, not to any other man, period, is Jesus Christ. Okay, all this Freemasonry is simply just another form of occult belief, behavior, and activity. Okay, and it leads people straight to hell. It's what we saw before with voodoo and shamanism and all the others. It's just another way Satan's was. We saw in the scripture, old New, he's going to and fro the earth, what? Seeking whom he may devour. He's just coming up with as many different ways as he can to get people to not go there. That it is only by God's grace, through Jesus Christ, by uh, not of works, lest anyone should boast, through him and his death on the cross. That's how you say That's it. So he keeps coming up with other ones, including, believe it or not, secret societies, including Freemasonry. In fact, when you examine it, shocker, that's not what all the occults and false paths do, but when you take a look at the behavior and the pattern and these rituals and rites of Freemasonry, it's carbon copy of the occult, including witchcraft. Let me give you a quick example of that. Some of the parallels between Freemasonry and witchcraft show such a similarity that it cannot possibly be coincidental. Similarities in ritual wording and symbolism are so close in several instances that it clearly suggests a common origin. To examine this possibility, I spoke with a number of former Masons and compared their Blue Lodge initiations with the experiences of former occultists. In the initiation in Freemasonry, we had to be recommended by another Mason. Well, in order to join witchcraft, you have to be first screened you have to be recommended by somebody currently in witchcraft. Well, when I was initiated, I was blindfolded and bound by a rope, and on your bare chest was thrust the point of a spear. In witchcraft, we were initiated through a, uh, a very involved ritual, uh, initiation ceremony, uh, wherein the uh, candidate was led uh, blindfolded, uh, bound by a rope, uh, to the edge of uh, the uh, magic circle. And the rope is around your neck and your lid forward. And up front, in the eastern end of the building, is a person who's a worshipful master. And you kneel down before him as if he were a god. You were met uh, by the uh, high priest or high priestess uh, at that time, usually with a sword uh, to your chest. When I went to enter the lodge, a sharp object was put to my left breast. And I was warned that should I reveal any of the secrets of Freemasonry uh, to know what to expect. When you're presented before the high priest, a sword is held against your chest and you actually take a blood oath promising to remain faithful to the secrets of witchcraft. Well, when you are in the room, this um, blindfold is taken away from you and this is a time when they say that you're coming from darkness into light. During the initiation ceremony, the, the initiate is led by the lieutenant of the uh, high priest and is challenged at the edge of the circle by someone saying, who goes there? And the answer is, one from the world of darkness. In masonry, the prayers are ended with, so mote it be. Oh, and one of the other aspects of, uh, or distinctives of the craft was that we would always end any spell or ritual where we release the power, this is where the power was released, with the word, so mote it be. 
I was intrigued to discover that witchcraft and Freemasonry had so much in common. Freemasonry goes so far as to actually call Lucifer God. In the words of Sovereign Pontiff of Universal Freemasonry, Albert Pike, Yes, Lucifer is God, and unfortunately, Adonai, the Hebrew God of the Bible, is also God. And the true and pure philosophical religion is the belief in Lucifer, the equal of Adonai. But Lucifer, God of light and God of good, is struggling for humanity against Adonai, the God of darkness and evil. And you think Christians can be a part of this? Got a major problem with that. Again, that's why this one just a shot across the bow. I want to make sure if this was the only study you ever attended or the only one you ever got to watch online, uh, you're going to get this message. Don't you dare be a part of this as a Christian. And if you are a Christian, you're part of it. You better repent and you better run fast and get your heart right with God. Blunt. Excuse me. Worshiping of Lucifer. Uh, did you see in that video the Masonic symbol, the compass in the square? And we'll get into Lord willing for still alive and still here. Uh, the, the symbolism, all that stuff behind it, but it said there, let there be light. The light is Lucifer. Okay. Uh, nothing that you and I should be a part of. Oh, wait, wait, wait a second. So it's a craft. It's, it's similar, the exact same. So you got, you got uh, Freemasonry and you got witchcraft. Uh, and then uh, God and Satan supposed to be equals and things. Is anybody else? Is, is this starting to ring a bell with anybody? Mormonism. Joseph Smith, as we saw, he was a Freemasonist, and he was also into witchcraft. They believe that Jesus, Mormons do, that Jesus was the spirit brother of Satan. They, too, wear secret underwear, the aprons, still to this day. And they have their own secret handshakes and secret rituals in their temples. Where did he get it from? Because he was involved in witchcraft and Freemasonry. He's a con artist. He was a liar. He's a plagiarist. We also that. And we're probably, Lord willing, going to have a whole study on just the parallels of Freemasonry and Mormonism uh, just to prove the point. But he ripped it off from that uh, as well. So, But as you can see, no Christian should be any part of this so-called secret organization. We aren't to do anything in secret. We are to openly share God's truth to as many as we possibly can. Scream it from the rooftops, right? This is nothing to be a part of, period. But it goes on to say the secret societies like Freemasonry, quote, here's the understatement of the year, pose a number of problems for the Christian. Turn to somebody and say, well, duh. Okay. And I quote, the very first concept of secret society is anti-biblical. We just saw that with Jesus' words. The Bible sets no precedent that encourages joining an organization marked by secrecy and hidden truths. God never commands it, and there is no example in Scripture of anyone who joined one, any godly people, Christians, what have you. Uh, with any secret society, you should ask the common sense question, what are you hiding and why are you hiding it? Also, uh, various secret societies, including Freemason, you'll see in a second, uh, they have some common themes, including death and practices and symbols from ancient Egypt. And you're going to see that here shortly. This fact alone should steer any Christian away from them. Hello. Egypt in ancient times was known for Pharaoh worship, dedication, false gods. Secret societies, as you saw, the guy had to be what? Unenlightened so that he could be enlightened. So basically deprogram and program with this Lucifer worship. But it says secret societies typically strip new members of all established notions about their lives and philosophies in order to rebuild them as enlightened beings. This is unbiblical and it's extremely dangerous. And by the way, why would any Christian take the time to learn all the intricacies of a new philosophy from a secret society when God's already given you everything you need? Hell, all the Bible. What a waste of time as well as this being dangerous. Secret societies such as Freemasonry are organizations that are exclusive to their members. Because that's what we do. Us four, no more. 
I'll tell you what, if you ain't no Baptist, you get on out of here. <laughs> Excuse me? First of all, we're not a denominational church. We're a Bible church. Our headship is Jesus Christ, the authority of God's Word, and that's what the Bible teaches. That's why we are a Sunrise Bible Church. We follow the Bible. Okay? But that is the games that people play. But that's not what we do. We, we're, it's not just us. It's not just our own group. What, what's the whole point of sharing the gospel? To anyone and everyone. Right? So this whole exclusivity thing uh, is crazy and keeping it to yourself. Okay, but that's what they focus on. They keep certain truths from outsiders. But Christ commanded the believers to be the light to the world. Uh, we are not to hide uh, the truth in darkness. Okay, and finally, secret societies like Freemasonry use false teachings and rituals to promote, listen, a hierarchy of progression that its members strive to attain in order to improve themselves and at large. So it's a false gospel. These guys believe that doing these good deeds, including, as you saw, the Shriners and stuff, we'll probably have a whole study on that, Lord willing. Okay, that this is how that, you know, they're a good old boy. They're good. They see, that's why they should be able to have a positive afterlife and things of that nature. That's a false gospel. How could a Christian be a part of that? Okay, they focus on self-fulfillment and improvement rather than love for the one true God and for others, which, by the way, isn't surprising. Self-fulfillment, right? That's at the heart of the fall of Satan. It's all about self, me, myself, and I, the unholy trinity. No wonder they worship him at the top as the light. But invariably, you have people say, oh, come on, you just don't understand. Because, I mean, you aren't there. Well, yeah, because you guys lock us out. But, praise God, some of them get saved, and they tell us what's going on there. But they'll say that, you just don't understand. I was a part of Freeman, and it's just a great club. It's a wonderful thing, right? It's helped my business, and all this, blah, 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 blah. And what they'll say is they say, well, the Freemasonries, they got a Bible, and, and, and they, they follow God, okay? And so it's perfectly fine for Christians to be a part of it. Well, first of all, hello, just because an organization has a Bible doesn't mean it's the same Bible as ours. And it certainly doesn't mean that they even follow it, even if it were a Bible like ours, and it's not. And this is what pseudo-Christian groups do all the time. We saw that before in our Catholicism study. They not only add books to the Bible that were rejected for good reason, just to draw a distinction between our Bible, the Protestant Bible, but they even take passages out of the Bible, including the Ten Commandments. First commandment, I am the, this is the Catholic version. I am the Lord your God, you shall worship the Lord your God and uh, him only shall you serve. Okay. Number two, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Wait a second. I thought that was number three. It is number three. What happened to number two? You shall not make yourself any idols or graven images. They took it out, folks. Why? Because idols are big business. So how'd they end up with ten? Well, they're very slick. They're liars. See the ninth and tenth one? That's actually number ten. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, and you shall not covet your neighbor's goods. That's, that's one commandment, the tenth commandment. They split it in two, so they end up with ten. This is what pseudo-Christian groups do. Just because they have a Bible doesn't mean it's the same one as ours, let alone do they follow it. And most of the times, they pervert it to meet their needs. And the Catholics do that. Not only that, the Mormons. Oh, we're Christians. No, you're not. They say they follow the King James Version, but they really don't. They follow the Book of Mormon and the Doctrine and Covenants and the Pearl of Great Price. When push comes to shove, they will always reject that, even though you're trying to witness to them through a Bible. It's the same thing. And, and Jehovah's Witnesses, Seventh-day Adventists, oh, they got a Bible. But folks, just because they got a Bible doesn't mean it's the same one as ours. In fact, theirs are not a translation. It's a perversion. Let's take a look at that proof again real quick. She became Ellen White upon her marriage to another former Millerite believer, James White, in 1846. Because she claimed to have the spirit of prophecy, she came to be the visible, absolute authority figure 
for the initially small group of Adventist believers. I am presenting to you that which the Lord has presented to me. I do not write one article in the paper expressing merely my own ideas. They are what God has opened before me in vision, the precious rays of light shining from the throne. Her writings grew to be 17 times as large as the entire Bible. Her followers were to reference these 5,000 articles, 49 books, plus 55,000 manuscript pages she claimed to write and regard them as being as inspired as a Bible to Ellen White's pen of inspiration. To this day, official publications of the church have used her writings as the last word on doctrine. In the 27 points of fundamental beliefs, they state that the Bible is a source of authority, but they also say that her writings are a continuing and authoritative source of truth. They have, however, made her more embarrassing writings unavailable, locking them securely away in the White Estate vault. Mrs. White wrote on nearly every area of Christian life, including doctrine, diet, health, recreation, and marriage. Many of her writings were done from Elmshaven, her California home. She claimed an angel stood by her bed near this chair in her bedroom. They further believe that the three angels mentioned in the Bible book of Revelation carried three unique messages. The investigative judgment, the Saturday Sabbath, and Sunday worship being the mark of the beast. Sidney Cleveland was an ordained Seventh-day Adventist minister who pastored 13 churches between 1979 and 1990. While doing research for a planned book validating the divine inspiration behind Ellen G. White, Cleveland discovered so many false prophecies that he became disenchanted. Eventually, he published his findings in a book titled Whitewashed, Uncovering the Myths of Ellen G. White. Mrs. White, in a vision, also claimed to have traveled, complete with wings, to various planets which were full of inhabitants. She reported meeting Enoch on a distant planet during one of her journeys. Other times, she saw angels using Golden Gate passes to go in and out of heaven. Some of her so-called visions reflected her own racist views. For example, she believed that certain races of people were the result of sexual relations between man and animal, which she referred to as an amalgamation. One can see the extent to which Seventh-day Adventists are prepared to go to support their prophetess, even to the manipulation of Scripture. The Clear Word Bible, published in 1994 as an expanded paraphrase to nurture faith and growth, is nothing more than added distortions to the Word of God to support Adventist theology. To support its beliefs, the Watchtower organization has published its own version of the Bible called the New World Translation. To lend credence to this translation, the Watchtower Society has deliberately misquoted a number of well-known Greek scholars. Dr. J. R. Manti, an eminent Greek scholar, was one of the authorities quoted out of context. The Watchtower Society has implied that he supports the New World Translation. Dr. Manti disagrees. I have never found any so-called translation that goes so far away from what the scripture actually teaches as these books published by Jehovah's Witnesses. They are so far away from what there is in the original Hebrew and the original Greek. 
Dr. Matty called the Jehovah's Witness Bible a shocking mistranslation, obsolete and incorrect. You can't follow. There's because it's biased and uh, it's deceptive because they deliberately changed words in the passage of Scripture to make it fit into their doctrine. They distorted the Scripture in many passages, scores and scores of passages in the New Testament, dealing with the deity of Christ especially. To find additional support for their altered Scriptures, the Watchtower has even turned to the occult. The New Testament, a Bible translation by Johannes Grieber, has been used as an authority in many of their publications. Johannes Grieber was a spiritualist, heavily involved with the occult. His translation was completed under the direction of spirit messengers, with the aid of his wife, who was a self-professed spirit medium. So just a quick example, as you can see, just because somebody claims to have a Bible doesn't mean it's the same as ours, just because they say that they're Christians, because look, here's our Bible. Again, that's no uh, proof text to, to get into this stuff. As you can see, uh, they're either, and this is true with uh, all pseudo-Christian groups, okay? We just saw four of them, Catholics, Mormons, Jehovah's Witnesses, and, yes, Seventh-day Adventists. By the way, that investigative judgment, that's total works, false gospel, okay? They believe that you don't even know if you're going to get to heaven. The only way you're going to know is after you die, they teach the false teaching called soul sleep. We did a whole study on this if you want to go back and check it out. Uh, soul sleep, where the Bible says, oh, and they fell asleep. No, it's a euphemism for you died. Okay, because when you die, last time it looks like you're asleep, and that's all, that's all it is. But they say, no, you sleep. When you die, you go to sleep. You take a big cosmic nap, and then at the end, uh, uh, you're, you're resurrected, and then you still don't know if you're going to get to heaven. This is what they mean by investigative judgment. Your life will be investigated, and then your works will be judged, and that will determine whether you get to heaven. Well, what's that? That's a works-based false gospel. This is straight out, okay? But as you can see, just because somebody claims to be Christian, just because they have the Bible, doesn't mean it's the same as ours, doesn't mean that they follow it, uh, and, and, and that their beliefs are only within the Scripture, okay? So again, now here's my whole point in bringing that up. This is commonplace, and guess what? It's the same thing with Freemasonry. Because you hear people, oh, they got a Bible. We're all living with the Bible. They opened up the Bible. We did our oath, you know, with the Bible open. So? Those guys got a Bible. What's that prove? Okay, doesn't mean it's the same as ours. And we know the Freemason Bible, which, by the way, they admit it doesn't have to be a Bible. It's just any religious text. Could be the Quran. Right. We'll get to that in a second. But the, their Bible is not the same as ours. Let me get just real quick, real quick. I got some in my office. Eventually, I'll probably pull out for you. Uh, but let's take a look. You tell me if this is the same one we got. Watch this. Today, we're going to take a look at the Oxford Masonic Bible. This is a Freemason Insignia on the front. And I tell you that this one offers Masonic helps. As this is their interpretation of the Bible. This goes on uh, to talk about the, the great light in Masonry. Legend of the craft, legend of the temple. Uh, they constructed the temple. In the very back, they have, which I thought was interesting, and this is something I really wanted to see in person, but they do feature Egyptian gods and goddesses, which is kind of interesting because um, 
they, you know, they clearly have them shown here. So, but I thought this was interesting. The soul revisiting the body. But there's a ton of uh, Egyptian references in here that I don't think would normally be in um, other versions of the Bible. The understatement of the year. That's just the teaser, folks, of what's in there. Okay, so again, just because they say they got a Bible, any organization, oh, it's good for Christians, I'm a Christian, I had a Bible there, I'm okay, it's okay. Are you kidding me? You better do your homework stop lying to yourself. Okay, it doesn't mean it's the same as art, and it's not the same. It's the same thing with Freemason, okay? But some will say this, they'll say, okay, okay, well, maybe they got a little bit of a different Bible. But if you listen to them, they say that they believe in God, and look at what they're doing. We just do good things for society. And isn't that what Christians are all about? So it's safe for us. Excuse me, what Bible are you reading? Their God is not the same God of the Bible. What they worship is not the same thing that we worship, okay? They worship Lucifer, and just to cut to the chase, here's one guy admitting it. Watch this on tape. This is wild. Lucifer, what is your problem? Just that, sir. Okay. I'm a Christian, sir. I'm pure and virtuous and wholesome and innocent. How can you say anything about, about me? Sir, you need to be born again. Is I it, am born again. Is that, now, did you just say that you are Lucifer? I am Lucifer. Okay, define Lucifer for me. Pure, virtuous, wholesome, innocent individual that's out to help people. Lucifer is? Yeah. Luc say that again. Lucifer is a pure, holy... Virtuous. Virtuous. Now, see the Lucifer that God created? That's the same one. Oh, man, this is great. I'm going to put this on the Internet. Oh, God bless you, Amen. brother. Because that's exactly what the Shriners and Masons teach, is that Lucifer, Lucifer is light. No. And you're, hey, what you're about confirming those hospitals? They, you know, they, they you know what, sir? <clears throat> Jesus said, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did not, we did not do these good deeds in your name. And you'll say, away from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. Jesus said it? In Matthew chapter 5. Mercy. No. That's hard to believe. So you're a Christian and you don't know that. Actually. No, I really am. You are. Because that, I'm pure and virtuous. You're pure and virtuous. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Have you ever been called worshipful master? No, because I, I've just been too busy. I've been working. Working. Been working to help people. What like kind you. of work? Okay. Get out of here. <clears throat> See, this is what a Mason confesses is that Lucifer is light. And a Christian is supposed to be a part of this? It's okay? Just a do-gooders club? Helps your business? Are you kidding me? You better repent and run and get right with God. Or, if you believe that, because he believes what? Works-based. Maybe that's why you won't run, because you're not a Christian. It's crazy, folks. This is all over the place, including in the church. I'll get to that in a second. But not so surprisingly, Freemasonry only has a different Bible. As you saw, a different God. But they also disagree, shocker, with what the Bible teaches on a ton of areas. I'm just going to hit some highlights to demonstrate that as well. Freemasonry, listen, Eastern Star, Demolay, and Job's Daughters. Now, those last three we'll probably have individual studies on. Okay? Uh, Demolay and Job's Daughter, I'll tell you a story in just a second, my first encounter with that. That's basically the boys' club and the girls' club for... Freemasons, okay? But all four of them are, uh, and these secret organizations seem to be harmless fellowship gatherings, and many of them appear to have a belief in a God, 
However, Freemasonry also sometimes, this is their word, not mine, they also call themselves the craft. As in when you saw the parallel of the rituals is half of the word witchcraft. But that's what they call themselves, the craft. They just lift up the witch part. Uh, but they do not have belief in the one true God of the Bible. Rather, each man, listen, must, this is Freemasonry, each man must act with courage, fidelity, and devotion to his God. So whatever God you want to bring to the table. Freemasonry teaches the existence of a supreme being who, quote, whoever that may be. Is that what the Bible teaches? Not even close. And they said, whoever that may be, and they fill in the blank, the God of Islam, Hinduism, or any other religion will do. What did Jesus say? John 14, 6. He is the way, the truth, the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through him. There's only one God. That's it. There's only one way to heaven. That's it. But that's not what they teach. How could you link with that as a Christian? Crazy. Now, let me give you a couple of examples. I've seen this in the church. Uh, one of them was a guy that was considered a pillar in the church. Right? And, uh, and a deacon. And I found out, this is my fourth week into this pastorate, and I'm just doing a polemic study. I was dealing with the existence of God. I want to start fresh. You know, just, I don't know where you guys are at, but let's just deal with the existence of God. So I get to the point where I, I bring out the uh, uniqueness of Christianity. And I didn't go down deep like I do today with these 5,327-week studies. It just was one study just on the uniqueness of Christianity as opposed to what other religions teach, like Islam, Mormonism, Catholicism, Jehovah's Witness, etc. That, that, just all that stuff, Hinduism, whatever. And I was just going down those bullet points, and here's the uniqueness of Christ and the cross. He's the only way. No other religion has a cross. It's, everybody else says either you are God to become God. You've got to work your way to God. Uh, only Christ is no. He's God alone. You're doomed. You deserve to go straight to hell. But because of his love, he pulled you out through Christ and... Uh, that's all it was. And at the end of that sermon, I get a phone call later that day. It was the wife of this guy. And she called him and said, he is irate. And I need to come talk to him. So, okay, I drove out to their place, came talk to him. And he was a big guy. I don't know if he's part Nephilim, but these guys were big. Of course, everybody's bigger than me. But big old, big, big, not just big. He was like six foot six, whatever. And he, the whole time he was like this to me. I'm not joking. I'm like this. Right? And so, and, and I think part of it was to intimidate me. And he basically says, you shouldn't preach like that. I said, what do you mean? He says, you shouldn't talk about other people's religions. Now, again, what's the background of Freemasonry? It's every, anything goes, right? Of course, it was later I found out that he was a part of the Freemasonry in that town. And so he, I'm going, what are you talking about? He says, well, I just don't think that's what we should be doing as a church. I said, really? I says, well, wait a second. If, in fact, the Bible is true, which I believe is true, I assume you believe is true, and, and Jesus said he's the only way to heaven, that means other, every false path is what? It's not just not the way to heaven. It sends people to what? Hell. Hell. I said, so how can I be a loving Christian if I keep my mouth shut on these other paths that are leading people astray? Especially if they believe in that. Then they're in danger of going to hell, and I'm not supposed to say anything about it? And we went round and round. Of course, he wasn't going to budge. And I'm coming back with scripture, and he's just, I just don't think, I don't think. And finally, I'm not joking, got to a point, he just really looked down at me, points his big finger in my face. He goes, I've seen a lot of you come and a lot of you go. And that church, I found out later, from the community who refused to come. You know what their reputation was? They chewed pastors up and spit them out. Anybody that was worth their salt, you ain't going to last long at that place. And they were into this. It wasn't just ecumenical, it's Freemasonry. 
You shouldn't talk about other religions. Just come here. We're a good boys club. Don't convict us. Don't preach the truth. Right? That's what it is. That was my first encounter. My next encounter was, believe it or not, before that, it was back to the Demolay and the Job's Daughters thing. I never heard of that in my life. This was one of my internships at a Baptist church. At a Baptist church. And so they put me in charge of the youth group for some goofball reason. And so we're teaching with the youth and whatever. And, uh, and what happened was one of the youth uh, had uh, um, died in a canoe accident. And it was horrible. A lot of the other youth were there. And uh, I won't go into the gory details, but he died. Anyway, so they were just completely brokenhearted. So anyway, in God's wonderful sovereignty, I kid you not, I kid you not. I'm, please don't take this. This is not how you prepare. But uh, I, like, lost my notes or something for the, what I was going to prepare. And so at the last minute, I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> so I grabbed a, a gospel track. I said, I'll teach off of this. And, and so I, I'm whipping through. I'm just going step by step through the gospel track. God is holy, weird, out, whatever. And then at, at that youth group, and this was the week after the, the boy had died in the canoe accident. And I says, is there anybody here that would like to receive Christ or Savior? Ten hands go up, which was most of the youth group. And I mean, and God had prepared their hearts to the death of their, their, their friend. And they prayed and they received Christ their Savior. I was elate. I couldn't believe it. I'm going, man, thank you, God. And obviously, my son was a piece of junk and you made sure I <laughs> just read the gospel track. So uh, anyway, so the next Sunday, I'm telling the pastor, he's excited. He says, you got to tell a praise report to the church. So I tell a praise report to the church. I'm telling him, and 10 of the youth uh, got saved on Sunday. They got mad at me. There was dead silence because our kids are fine. What do you mean they need to get saved? And it was, it was, it was the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. They got incensed with me that their kids got saved. I found out later they're involved, and this it started to come out more and more. They couldn't make it to certain youth functions because they had something that they had a bigger allegiance to. And this was your DMLA and the Job's daughter which is basically Freemason's youth group, if you will. And when push came to shove, they always chose that. But that family, they're Freemasons. And again, we're, we're what? Pure, righteous, and whatever that guy said, that false, right? right? What do you mean they got sick? It, it, it all started to make sense now. This is in churches, folks, not in the world. In churches. I can tell you horror stories of pastors. Again, you don't toe the line of these Freemasons who've taken over the church. And they're either in the leadership, controlling the church, or they're sitting in the pews, and they're what's called the conceived leadership, the guys who pay the bills, and so they hold that over the church's head. They'll kick you out. Sometimes they'll take you out. This is no joke. And this is what Christians should be a part of? This is crazy. And again, my point in bringing that up was when push came to shove, these are professing Christians who went to church services, but when push came to shove, they did not follow the scripture. They rejected the scripture and they showed their allegiance to Freemasonry. That's a problem. What's that? Is not for Christians. No way. But there's other ways that Freemasonry disagrees with the Bible. They not only have a different Bible, they not only have a different God, right? They certainly have a different allegiance. Okay, uh, but they disagree with all kinds of things, such as, just to name a few, salvation from sin, the view of the Bible, the doctrine of God, the doctrine of Jesus, the doctrine of the Trinity, human nature, sin, and salvation itself. As you can see here, let's just take a quick look. The following is a comparison of what the Bible says with what Freemasonry teaches. Salvation from sin, the Bible's view. 
Jesus became the sinner's sacrifice before God when he shed his blood and died as the payment for the sins of all those who believe. Freemasonry teaches the very process of joining a lodge requires apprentices to ignore the exclusivity of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Freemasonry focuses on good works in the pursuit of personal self-improvement. Quote, by returning to Lodge, witnessing the degrees, and becoming an active part of the Masonic community, a man can build himself into a better man. End quote. The view of the Bible. The Bible's view. The Bible is the word of God. It is God-breathed and authoritative in all areas of life. Freemasonry teaches the Bible is only one of seven commonly used volumes of sacred law, all of which are deemed equally important. Quote, the holy book of any religion may be used as a VSL, provided that it teaches and its adherents believe in a supreme being. End quote. The Bible is an important book, but only as far as those members who claim to be Christians are concerned. The Bible is not considered to be the exclusive word of God or God's sole revelation of himself. The doctrine of God, the Bible's view, there is only one God. To worship other gods or to call upon other deities is idolatry. Paul spoke of idolatry as a heinous sin, and John said that idolaters will perish in hell. Freemasonry teaches all members must believe in a deity. Different religions acknowledge the same God, but they call him different names. Freemasonry invites people of all faiths, even if they use different names for the, quote, nameless one of a hundred names, end quote. They are praying to the one God and Father of all. Manley Hall, a 33rd degree Mason, wrote, quote, The true Mason is not creed-bound. He realizes with the divine illumination of his lodge that as a Mason, his religion must be universal. Christ, Buddha, or Muhammad, the name means little, for he recognizes only the light and not the bearer, end quote. The Doctrine of Jesus and the Trinity, the Bible's View. Jesus is God in human form. Jesus is the second person of the Trinity. He is fully human and fully divine. Christians should pray in Jesus' name and proclaim him before others. Freemasonry teaches there is no exclusivity in Jesus Christ or the triune God who is the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Jesus is equated to persons in pagan religions. Quote, the Hindus call him Krishna. The Chinese, QNC. The Persians, Sosiosh, the Chaldeans, Duovani, the Egyptians, Horus, Plato, Love, the Scandinavians, Balder, the Christians, Jesus, Masons, Hiram, end quote. Human nature and sin, the Bible's view. All humans are born with a sinful nature and need a savior from sin. Because of the fall, humanity has within itself no capacity for moral perfection. Freemasonry teaches... Through symbols and emblems, Masons teach that a man is not sinful but in a process of self-improvement. As Deputy Grandmaster R.W. Donald Gardner Hicks Jr. said, quote, The lesson we teach is that the rough ashlar, a rough-cut stone, represents ourselves, rude and imperfect by nature. But that the perfect ashlar, a stone with smooth sides and square edges, is that state of perfection at which we hope to attain by virtuous education our own endeavors, and the blessing of God, end quote. Human beings possess the ability of moving from imperfection towards total perfection. 
When a Christian takes the oath of Freemasonry, he is swearing to the following doctrines that God has pronounced false. First, salvation can be gained by man's good works. Second, Jesus is just one of many equally wise prophets. Third, he approaches the lodge in spiritual darkness and ignorance. The Bible says Christians are children of light. Fourth, the great or grand architect of the universe is representative of all gods in all religions. By swearing the Masonic oath and participating in the rituals of the lodge, Christians are perpetuating a false gospel. Masonry contradicts the clear teaching of scripture on numerous issues. As a result, a Christian should not be a member of any organization that has any connection with Freemasonry. Including Eastern Star or Demolay or Job's Daughter and on down the list or Shriners and all the other ones. And that's just a quick cursory overview. You get it wrong on every major doctrine, including the one you really don't want to get wrong, and that's how you get to heaven. And then this is supposed to be Christian or Christian-based or, okay, for Christians, because they got a Bible and they believe in God and do good things. It's crazy. Now, speaking of rituals, oaths, they take not just an oath, they take a bloody oath in order to be a part of this. Because, you know, I don't know if you guys noticed, but uh, ever since, uh, you know, Pastor Bobby used to teach membership classes, but, you know, the Lord uh, had him go in a different direction. That's okay. But uh, I've been doing the membership classes. And there's some of you here that have gone through that. And you guys could verify that's exactly what I do. You come to my office, I make you kneel, you blindfold you, we put a, 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 a sword to your chest, and then you threaten to kill yourself if you reveal what I just shared in my office. Now, listen, if I actually did that, what should happen? Fired! You're fired out of here, pal. You know, whatever. Lawsuit city, right? That's what these guys do. And yet you're supposed to be a Christian. And the moment that somebody tried to put, me personally, a blindfold on my head, run. The moment you tell me to bow before somebody else other than Jesus Christ, run. The moment you put a weapon to my chest, run. But this is like, oh, it's just good. Are you kidding me? Let me give you, again, this is just the highlights some of their bloody oaths. Each degree of Freemason requires solemn blood oaths. This is their words, blood oaths taken at an altar. If you doubt the validity of an oath, try repeating what I'm about to read aloud and substitute them with the names of your parents and your children. The first degree, Masonic entered apprentice oath. They mentioned three degrees. And here's the first degree. Here's what you have to pledge as you're being blindfolded, bowed, the sword and all that stuff. Uh, to all of which I do solemnly and sincerely promise and swear without any hesitation, mental reservation, or secret evasion of mind in me whatsoever, binding myself under no less penalty than that of having my throat cut across, my tongue torn out, and with my body buried in the sands of the sea at low water mark where the tide ebbs and flows twice in 24 hours, should I ever knowingly or willfully violate this, my solemn obligation of an entered apprentice. That's almost exactly what we have in our doctrinal statement. For members to join Sunrise. Are you kidding me? How do you even get that in your mouth, let alone go through that? That's just the first one. Second degree, the Masonic Fellow Craft Oath. To all of which I do solemnly and sincerely promise and swear without any hesitation, mental reservation, or secret evasion of mine in me whatsoever, binding myself under no less a penalty of that of having my left breast torn open, my heart and vitals taken thence, and with my body given as a prey to the vultures of the air, should I ever knowingly or willfully violate this, my solemn obligation 
of a fellow craft, as in witchcraft. Third degree, the Masonic Master Mason's oath. To all of which I do solemnly and sincerely promise, blah, 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 blah. Okay, myself under penalty that what? Having my body severed in twain. That's a fancy way of saying in two. My bowels taken thence, and with my body burned to ashes, and the ashes thereof scattered to the four winds of heaven, that there might remain neither track, trace, nor remembrance among man or masons of so vile and perjured a wretch as should I be, should I ever knowingly or willfully violate this, my solemn obligation of a master mason. And finally, this is the, one, of the, one of the Shriner's Oaths. In willful violation thereof, I may incur the fearful penalty of having my eyeballs pierced to the center with a three-edged blade, my feet flayed, and I will be forced to walk on hot sands upon the sterile shores of the Red Sea until the flaming sun shall strike me with a livid plague. And may Allah, the God of Arab, Muslim, and Mohammedan, the God of our fathers, support me to the entire fulfillment of of the same, amen, 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 no amen, no amen. No, I did the no amen. Are you kidding me? And this is okay for Christians to do? And you go do your lodge thing and your duty and you wear your hats and your parties and get drunk and, well, we're doing it for the kids. And then you show up on Sundays and then if somebody goes against what you really pledge your heart to, Freemasonry, you threaten them, you kick them out, you chew them up and spit them out, or you kill them. And I'm not joking about that killing part. This is nuts. If you don't believe me, they take these bloody oaths. Again, here's some former Masons admitting exactly what they did. Watch this. Uh, what happens is when a Mason joins the lodge, he first enters into what is called the Blue Lodge. And the very first thing that every mason is required to do is to go through an initiation ceremony. It's called the Entered Apprentice Degree. And in that uh, initiation ceremony, uh, he will be stripped of much of his clothing, a blindfold will be placed over his eyes, a noose will be placed around his neck, and he will be brought to uh, the door of the Masonic uh, Lodge. And there uh, a person will greet him and usher him in, and there he will come before an altar. And every mason stands before an altar, and there <clears throat> behind the altar is a man called the Worshipful Master of the Lodge. Uh, today we find that when the new member joins the organization, he kneels, he's blindfolded, he's bare-breasted, and the Master of the Lodge touches his left breast with a sharply pointed sword. And they are then required, with this blindfold over their eyes, to take a blood oath, not to reveal the secrets of masonry, or they will uh, lose their life. Uh, every mason puts his thumb to his throat, and he swears a blood oath not to reveal the secrets of masonry or to have his throat cut from ear to ear, his bowels ripped open and given to the beasts of the field. And these pagan blood oaths are taken uh, to swear them to secrecy so they will not reveal the secrets of what they will learn as they progress through the Masonic Lodge. Now, most men will go into the Scottish Rite and progress on through 32 degrees, and in each one of those degrees, they give worship to different gods and deities, Egyptian gods, Persian gods, Greek gods. And you wonder why they have that in their Bible. That's a part of their worship. It's not the same. You still think Christians can be a part of this? And I'll just say this. If you're here, if you're watching online, 
if you are a part of the Freemasons, you better repent, renounce that, and you better run. That's your three R's. And if you don't, you're in a heap of trouble with God. And maybe the reason why you have no gumption to leave and no conviction is because you're not born again. Just being blunt with you. You can threaten me, but it doesn't take away the truth. Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven, and you don't get there by works. It's only by his death on the cross. He is the one and only true God, and that's it. That's what the Bible teaches. If you're going to profess to be a Christian, you follow Christ, not man, not an organization, not a lodge, Jesus. And that's what he said. Not for Christians. Pretty blunt? First study? Cool. My question is this. How in the world did this get started? And not just in the world. How in the world did it get in the church? I'm telling you, folks, Freemasons are all over the church. How did that happen? Well, John, thanks for asking. We'll have to get to that, Lord willing, next time. Let's pray. Well, hi, this is Billy Crone of Get Life Ministries, and I hope you were blessed with this study. But in closing, let me ask you one final question. If you were to die today, are you sure that you go to heaven and not hell? Before you answer that, let me share a couple of things that the Bible says. Did you know that the Bible says that God is holy and that we are not? And the wages of our sin or unholiness is death. In other words, we deserve to die and go straight to hell and be separated from God for all eternity. This is the great cosmic dilemma. God who is holy and we are not, how can we have a relationship with Him? The two will never mix. Now, to make matters worse, we don't even want to admit this, even though God already knows He's God. And so God, out of love, gave us something called the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments were not something to just memorize or stick on your wall or give the appearance of being a religious person. The Ten Commandments were God's divine x-ray, if you will, into our heart and soul to reveal this truth that we need to admit. And that is this, that God is holy and that we are not. We are disqualified for heaven. So let's take a look at that divine x-ray that God's trying to get us to realize. Uh, the, the Ten Commandments, the, the ninth one says, you shall not bear false witness. That's lying. Okay. How many guys have ever told a lie? Raise your hand. Okay. Well, if you didn't raise your hand, you just did. You just told a lie because we've all done that. Well, that makes us a liar. The, another Ten Commandments says that you shall not steal. Don't ever take anything without permission. How many of you guys uh, have ever done that? Well, you guys already said you're a bunch of liars. All of our hands should have went up on that one. And for being honest, God already knows. Folks, we've all taken something. We've stolen something, right? That makes us a thief. Another Ten Commandments says that you shall not use the Lord's name in vain. He's not just holy. Even his name is holy. Hey, folks, let's be honest. If you can believe it, even the name of Jesus Christ uh, has been turned into a common cuss word. Well, the Bible says that's a sin of blasphemy. Now we're a, a blasphemer. The Bible says you shall not commit adultery. And Jesus said, here's his standard. Uh, uh, even if you look at another person with lust in your eye, you committed adultery in your heart. Wow, so now we're an adulterer. The Bible says you shall not murder. And you might think, well, hey, at least I haven't done that one. Really? Again, the Bible says that the sin of hatred, wishing somebody was dead, okay, that, that's the same thing. Uh, it's akin to the sin of murder. It's just you pulled the trigger in your heart, but God sees the heart. Hey, folks, that's just five out of ten. How are you doing? You still think you're going to get to heaven 
on your own? You still think that you're qualified, that you're holy like God, and you could bridge the gap and have a relationship with Him forever? I don't think so. I mean, what did we just see? You're going to stand before God, and so am I. We all are. And we're going to have to give an account for who we are. Hey, hey, God, let me in. Uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a liar. I, I'm a thief. I'm a blasphemer. I'm an adulterer. I'm a murderer. And the scripture is very clear, folks. Such people as these will not inherit the kingdom of God. We're in trouble. But folks, here's the good news. The Bible says that if we would just admit that, that's the first step. To admit that God is holy, that I'm not, I'm disqualified for heaven. I need a Savior if we would admit that and then ask for the Savior to save us. That's what God was doing with Jesus. God gave us His Son, Jesus Christ. He took the death penalty in our place so that we could be completely forgiven of everything we've ever done and be made holy through Jesus so that we can now have a relationship with God both here and now and forever in heaven. We can become qualified. The word that the Bible uses is a word called pardon that God is willing to pardon us of all of our sins and crimes that we've committed against Him and disqualified us, that disqualified us for heaven, right? And we've actually seen this work in real life. Uh, for instance, uh, there's been people who have committed crimes, gone to court, the gavel's been passed, the judge has said, hey, listen, we all know you're guilty, uh, you even admit you're guilty, and uh, for your crimes, you're going to not just jail, you're going to uh, await in jail to go to the death penalty, And did you know that there actually is a way that somebody could get off of death row? It's called a pardon. The one in the authority, the governor, can grant what's called a pardon for that person's crimes, and they literally can go free. Not because of something they did, because the deeds are already done, you can't undo it. Not because they tried to clean up their act while they were stuck in the jail cell, because that doesn't change anything. But simply out of mercy... The person who has the authority can give them a pardon and they can go free. And did you know it's actually on historical record that there have been people who have been granted a pardon from the death penalty and they've refused to take it. And so even though the offer was there to be set free, they themselves still had to go to the death penalty. Folks, in a nutshell, that's what God's doing every single day with all of us this side of heaven. While you still have breath, you still have an opportunity to receive God's pardon. He's willing to forgive you of all your sins if you would just receive His pardon through Jesus Christ. Again, that's what He was doing on the cross. The cross was the death penalty of the day. But since we weren't there, and since we can't earn it, it's a gift from God, you have to receive that by faith. Reach out even today from your own spiritual jail cell, if you will, and say yes to Jesus and God's pardon so that you can be set free and go to heaven. The Bible says that if you will confess Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the grave, you will be saved. Hey, folks, if that's you, don't delay. You may not even have tomorrow. Today could be your last day. Please accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Confess with your mouth He is Lord. Believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the grave, and the Bible says you will be saved. Well, this has been Billy Crone of Gill Life Ministries. If there's anything that we could do for you, our information and, and number will come up here shortly. And please don't hesitate to contact us. But remember, I hope to see you in heaven. God bless.